0: Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Good morning. Um, I am just going to speak about the kids' Bible. No. The VBS, the Vacation Bible School. Um, This was the last announcement, and he wanted me to say it because um, I've been in the meeting. So it is scheduled for Monday, June 14th, that week, and it's in the afternoons at 6. And basically, we just still need a lot of volunteers, um, which is very exciting because every volunteer is going to have something that they're responsible for. Either five kids that they walk around with or they're going to have a station. It's all looking so Fun. The decorations are going to be awesome. The curriculum's awesome. They're going to learn that they are treasured in their hearts and that Yahweh loves them in so many different facets from snack to crafts to skits. And we want you guys to be a part of it. Y'all reach out. Let's, let's make this thing amazing for them. It's just, I think it's just a, uh, it's either five days, I think it's five nights. And it's a quick thing, but I think they're going to be blessed. And if we all contribute to, I think we will all be so blessed too. And then the other thing that he wanted me to talk about, this is a little bit um, last minute, so I'm sorry, just kind of roll with me on that. Um, but earlier this week, nope, let me back up. Last Sunday, Joseph was talking about that he believes it's a time to gather. And he knows I'm talking and it might take just a little bit of time, so <laughs> I'm sorry. But last week he said something about, I believe this is a time to gather. And in my mind, I remembered Ellen years ago, had a she always gets words for the upcoming year. And there was one year and it was all about gathering, you know, and she even made us wreaths that said gather for the fall and, and everything. And I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if there could be something in that word for this time since he said it's a time to gather, you know, and all that. Well... As it happens, I forget about that after I leave here, and I just continued on my merry way and didn't think about it until the next morning um, when Mila found my notebook out of nowhere that Ellen had given us with all the words from all the previous years up until I think 2018, and she was about to rip it, so I was like, no, I tried to grab it from her, and I just opened it up. And I saw a couple things. I just kind of like browsed through it. And I saw a couple of things that just made me recognize Yahweh is all over this. And he's trying to show me something. I don't know if I'll be able to say it right now. But um, one of the things, I'll just say, I'll say a couple. One was the gathering year that she talked about. And that's how I remembered it. But the first line of that word is a time to gather. And so I was like, oh, that's like exactly what he said. And so then I just kept going. Um, Let's see where it is. The next one I kind of saw was reset, 2016, reset. And I just instantly saw reformation in front of me, what he was speaking. Reset, to move something back to an original place or position, to put something back into the correct position. And I was like, okay, that's weird. That's like what we've been talking about. Um, and I'm going to go through these a little bit more in depth, but the one that got me that I knew Holy Spirit had gripped me was, uh, 2018. As I drove home from Sherilyn Steve's house, there was a brilliant full moon. I looked up and as I gazed at its impressive light, the scripture immediately came to mind arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Sometime early in the morning of the 4th, I looked up where this scripture was from. Isn't that funny to think that we, <laughs> you know? This passage starts the 60th chapter of Isaiah. What an awesome promise this chapter holds for us today. And I just knew, like, I just, I mean, I had to get kids ready for school. I had to do, but I was like, there is Yahweh is showing me something. You know, there's times when he's just always present and he guides so gently. And then there's times when it's so in your face that you just can't help it. And it goes on because then I start getting dressed for the day and I put on these overalls that I feel like I've worn decently recently, but I guess not because I reached in my pocket. I felt some like lump and I thought maybe it's money because these could possibly be my mom's overalls and maybe (laughs) there's some money in there. (laughs) No joke. That was my first thought. And I open it up and it's like a paper bag crumpled. And it's my handwriting, although I don't remember ever writing it. And it says, This time is stretching people, even those who are crying out for change. It is Yeshua knocking. Will you get distracted by old mindsets, by your previous goals, by what you thought was your identity in your life, or will you open and embrace him? And I was just like... I couldn't help it. I was like, I had stuff that I was planning on doing that day because on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I try to come up here and get things ordered for the rooms and kind of do the things that we talk about wanting to get done. And so Ellen and my mom watch Milo while the boys go to school. And I just, as I was driving, I was like, how can I not dig deeper into this? How can I not see what he's showing me? And so I just like put everything on hold, didn't get anything ordered that day, I don't think. And I just started to dig into it and, um, and see what kind of things he was showing me. And what it was was just inviting me and leading me into deeper levels of trust with him. Everything that I saw was just showing me that. Um, uh, okay, so let me, let me just tell you a little bit about, I think most of you guys know, if you haven't heard, I have always been inclined very politically, and I've always been inclined to not search out the bad things going on in the world, but they easily find me, and then I have to know about them and research them and make sure all this stuff. So on um, the 4th of July last year, I did not realize that was the date until I talked with somebody later. Yahweh completely delivered me from that. I had been asking him for help because I knew it was no way to live. I couldn't even even be happy looking at my kids playing because I felt like their futures were just what kind of world are we setting them up to live in and all these horrible, evil conspiracies that have, you know, I've been exposed to. And so I just like, it was no way to live. I was so um, distraught from everything going on in the world, especially if y'all, you know, the beginning of last year, it was very heavy for me. And I had been crying out for him to, to help me in some way with that. And on the 4th of July, he, I won't go into how, cause it won't really matter to you guys. It's a very personal way that he did it. But through my husband speaking life into me and telling me things, it had been slightly opening up, but I was still like very much gripped in that world. And on the 4th of July, he did a miraculous thing and I have never been gripped by it again. So praise, praise the Lord. Um, But there are certain times when, um, when I'll just randomly hear something from good meaning people or from, you know, something happens and it just sparks that fear, that gripping fear of like, oh, well, they're going to do these horrible things and try to depopulate and all this stuff. Anyway, so, um... I just, like, I would hear this stuff, and I'd just, like, st- take it to Yahweh, and I'd just say, you know, give it to him, let him fill me with his peace, and kind of exchange that thing. And really, it's been it's been amazing. It's been, um, his burden is light, you know? That burden of the world is very heavy. His burden, when I exchange it, and I, and I put that trust in him, is, is so much lighter. But there have been times when I just, like, I just, like, got to tell him. I just got to, like... My husband, Joseph. I got to tell him because it's like just kind of sitting weird with me. And it's like I'm not letting it go like I normally do. And he just reminded me of that scripture, Psalms 37. And it, you know, about he laughs at the plot of the evildoers. He laughs at their plot. I want to, can I get my phone real quick? Because I did want to read that because it's so amazing. Because it ties into the trust. It ties into his trust. Um, Okay, let's, I think I have it pulled up from earlier this morning we had a kids uh, like the kids camp meeting and i was trying to like write down notes during it so it's kind of everywhere okay the main one is 7 but so this is 30 psalms 37 i don't uh, don't follow after the wicked ones or be jealous of their wealth don't for a moment think that you're that they're better off than you. They and their short-lived success will soon shrivel up and quickly fade away like gla- grass clippings in the hot sun. Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God, and you will dwell in the land feasting on his faithfulness. Find your delight and true pleasure in Yahweh, and he will give you what you desire most. Give God the right to direct your life, and as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. Henry, that's what you said. He's scheming. He's got the whole thing planned. He will pull it off perfectly. He will appear as your righteousness, as sure as the dawning of a new day. He will manifest as your justice, as sure and as strong as the noonday sun. Quiet your heart in his presence and wait patiently for Yahweh. And don't think for a moment that the wicked in their prosperity are better off than you. I thought it was seven. There was a... I'm sorry, guys, but there is... All of this is so good. Maybe it's 17. I wrote down... Okay, they're 13. That's as I said. Okay, so basically skip down along because it says one day the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will inherit the land. Just a little while longer and the ungodly will vanish. You will look for them in vain. But the humble of heart will inherit every promise and enjoy abundant peace. Let the wicked keep plotting against the godly with all their sneers and arrogant jeers. God laughs at the wicked and their plans for he knows their day is coming. And I just want to encourage you, if you guys hear anything that comes up in in your day-to-day life, the evil, evil plots of the wicked that are meant to cripple us and ensnare us, remind yourself he laughs at their plots. They mean nothing to him. It's almost like I thought about this, you know, if a kid just says, like, if one of your, they get mad at you that you don't give them a toy or their snack or whatever. And they're like, I'm leaving. I'm going to run away. And you're like, all right, where are you going to go? And as soon as they walk outside, they walk out and then they're like, all right, I'm not leaving. You can just kind of laugh because as a father, you know, or a mother, you know that that means nothing. It's like how Yahweh looks at their plots. That means nothing. He will take it away. In a breath, you know, you will not be able to even find them. You'll look and it'll be in vain. But what he desires truly is our whole hearts. That's what he's waiting on. He allows these circumstances to be around us, the evils to be around us, to cause for our hearts to hunger for him. It's how he designed it after the fall. He wants us to look for him and hunger for him. And that's what he was showing me when I was, you know, researching all these words, feeding on his faithfulness and rehearsing the words he's already given us. So now I'm going to kind of start in that. Um, Reset, speak over your land. Isaiah 60, okay. Read note, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I know this is a little bit everywhere. Um, so, okay, so this, the other thing that's been going on is um, I know Joseph's been, uh, he's talked about the book, um, what's it called? Call to the Wild? wild at heart. I knew that was wild at heart. Uh, Miss Kathy Neese gave us that book. It's really an awesome thing for boys, but also for men to kind of understand the way that Yahweh's wired you and and the desires that are deep within your heart. Well, Miss Kathy, when he mentioned that, Miss Kathy was like, I have captivating the woman version of that in my car. So she went and got it for me. And I started reading that thinking I'm reading it for Mila. And a lot of it was speaking to me just personally. And one of the things that it talks about so much in that book is about how Yahweh, he is a, he desires for our hearts. You think of Yahweh, like you think of yourself as being like needy and wanting to be loved and desiring, you know, meaningful relationship and that kind of stuff, like with the people around you. And you never really think of Yahweh as being needy. Like he's the God of everything. He made everything. He's perfect. He's not needy. But it talks all the time in the Bible about how jealous he is over our hearts, how much he desires our hearts, and how he paid the ultimate price for our hearts. And it just was such a different way to look at him as as, as somebody that truly wants us and desires and needs us. And so it just um, opened up a whole new thing for me. And I And over the last few months, I've kind of been making myself tell him that I love him, like randomly, not just like in worship. I've always done that, but just how it says, acknowledge him in all of your ways, you know, and throughout your day, just to take a moment, like as I'm walking from the room to this room, I just, and I just think of it. I just said, yo, I love you so much. You're so, you're, you're so beautiful to me, and your creation speaks of how beautiful you are, and I love you. And not that I felt anything different. It was like I was in the moment just kind of doing those things. But I believe that taking those steps opened up for this all this stuff that he just kind of showed me, because then he showed me that he loves to be told he's beautiful. He loves to be told that we love him and that we give him our whole hearts. We don't hide anything from him. We don't give him part of our heart, but then don't look in that back corner, because there's it's ugly, and you're better than that, and you don't want to see that. It's like, no, I surrender all of my heart to you, and he so wants that, and I believe just that acknowledging him and telling him, like, even if it doesn't feel like this ma- magical spiritual moment, just telling him those things and reaffirming that we love him leads ways to when he comes so much more profoundly. And, 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 um, and anyway, so that book was talking about that, his jealousy over us, his neediness. And it made me think also of his first, the, the greatest commandment, you know, to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. And, you know, that comes along with the second commandment, to love others, you know, as yourself, too. But it flows from that first commandment. You know, to think that he doesn't, that that's not the main thing that he wants from us is our love and our hearts. You know, it's kind of like we get distracted by everything else. And that's the main thing he wants is our, is our, is our love. Um, so I was going to go, uh, let's see where I kind of started. I don't know. I mean, in the, in the notes. I'm just gonna read through. I'm gonna read through the notes that Ellen gave me by the years, and just kind of say the things that jumped out at me for this time. Um, in 2013, she wrote a. Uh, it was possess your land, help others possess their land, rest and enjoy it. That was kind of the header for that whole thing, and um, and it talks about in here. She quoted Joshua 1:7, and it says. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all according wi- according which is commanded to you. Do not turn to the right hand or the left hand that you may prosper in your way. So the reason why that came out to me too is because in that book, Captivating, it talked about, it tries to get you to understand from the beginning why women deal with certain things that they do and all that. And it's talked about Eve and how Eve, when she ate of the fruit that was not of hers. It was basically, if you can sum it up, it was that she bought into the lie that Yahweh's way wasn't the best way for her. That if she could just take matters into her own hands, that her life would somehow be better. And I had never looked at it that way because I always think, like, why did she eat of this dumb fruit? Like, why do we have to live in all this? It's not appealing to me at all. Like, that, that I wouldn't have done that. And then when I looked at it from that perspective, I was like, I have done that so many times because I just think, I know you know it's best, Yeah, I know that you're timing, but... I can handle this, Lord. Like, if you can just give me this now, like, I can handle it, and it will be great. And honestly, if I could have had my way and gotten that thing that I was asking for in that moment, I would have done it. And so it's like understanding that that was the root, not fully trusting the Father, that He knows when it's The right time for something, and that he orchestrates your life, and he is the great, you know, he sets it all up and and schemes it to all work out perfectly. And so whenever I read that, do not turn to the right hand or the left hand that you may prosper in your way. When we want to do things out of, out of his direction and out of his timing because we think we know best and because we are so ready for it and because you know we can handle it, we are strong and we try to bypass what he's doing and kind of get there quicker, It just show, it will never prosper in the way he wants it to. It's bypassing his perfect way because he wants to walk those things with us and he will bring it in the perfect time. But in that walk, he allows us to trust him deeper. And in that walk, he shows us ways that, that edify our hearts and that bring things alive in ways that never would have happened if he just gave it to us right then. So that was, that was from 2013 that just, and then this was a word that we got whenever we were returning from Nashville. This was the end of 2013. Now at this time, This call on our lives to lead this house was not even an iota of a thought. Like, so not here that I can't even describe to you. It was just, I mean, that was years down the road. So the first thing it says is, um, this is a word to Joseph, and it says that you are not going back to your father's land, but to the land of your father's to build. Now, that, I was like, that's like, I remember all these things had some meaning, but never as much as, like, once we got the call and how much he's talked about the pioneers set the foundation. The pioneers had to, you know, cut through the brush and do all this hard, hard stuff to get us to where we are. But our job is builders. We are building on that foundation. We're building the house of the Lord to make way for the abiders. And so he said that so many times. And then here this is this word back from 2013. What were we building in 2013? I mean, I was like, oh, maybe we could build more of his business because at that point, that's what we were doing. And I was like, oh, great. You know, but then when you know, when you can look back and know that Yahweh had this and he knew exactly what he was saying when he said these words to you for such a time as this, he knows, he knows what we're in this year. He knows all the craziness going around. He knows what he's setting us up for. And he just wanted to, he wanted to give us, I believe, all these words back to rehearse them, to, to trust us deeper, to say that he's got us right where he wants us, to, to take heed of the word that is being spoken in this house, because he is leading us through this voice, through the oracle, to set us up for what he has coming for us. So then the next one is the gathering year, 2014, a time to gather resources, knowledge, wealth, and vision. Prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Continue to walk in priestly garments and stay away from the sword. Holy Spirit will guide into truth. It's like, yes, that's where we are. You know, we are that Joseph. That Joseph anointing of prospering in a time of famine. You know, and all that. I'm sure we'll see more of that. You know, as the years go on. But we are called to prosper. We don't need to worry about the famine at all. We, we, we don't need to worry about that. We need to worry about constantly giving that affirmation to Yahweh, and he will sustain, and he will provide, and, and that's what we live in. You know? So we remind him, stay away from the sword. Don't engage in that fight that's going on in the world. Stay away from it. Holy Spirit will guide us into the truth that we need to be in and prosper us in health as our soul prospers. Then 2015, this was um, the year that we moved into our house. Um, not this house, obviously, the house that we lived in, that we bought. It was like our first home together. And um, it actually was Michael Paul's cousin's home at first. He built it. We didn't know that till afterwards. <laughs> it's kind of neat. Um, okay, so it says, you have always loved the water, have loved and been drawn to water. This is to him. The water that will most mark your life symbolically is a river. <laughs> Which is so weird because we've loved the Gulf, we've loved the waves. Like that's if she, if there was anything in the natural that she could have taken from that love of water, it was the it could have it should have been the Gulf, but that's not what's written. That's not what Yahweh spoke. Um, river is constantly changing, never satisfied to stay the same, wanting to expand. A river is dynamic, constantly desiring to flow. The amount of water in the river changes as does the form and shape of the river. The river reaches out to flow to new places, and as it does, it reshapes the land. So isn't that amazing? The more, pe- the more streams that we that we get from other people, you know, joining and walking out Yahweh's purpose in this earth, that it starts to flow different Places and it starts to change the land. You know, it's just amazing. It's even what Jess said this morning, prophetically. It is no coincidence that you purchased your first home in Riverside. That was the name of the neighborhood that we lived in, Riverside. It's also prophetically significant that you live on Oak Forest Drive. Talking about the trees in, a, along the river. That will bring healing. It's just so many things. He has called you and he will guide you and give you favor. Be a man of faith. Never allow fear to paralyze or stop the flow. You were destined to flow and not stagnate. What happens when you're fearful? You fall asleep. You stagnate just like the disciples that fell asleep because they were sorrowful. They were fearful. Their sorrow came in, in relation to fear, you know, that it wasn't going to turn out the way that they wanted. And it cripples you. You've stopped flowing. Your heart no longer is a way of connection to him. It just it just stops. And we're always called to guard our hearts above all else. Don't let that fear creep in. Don't, don't let, don't let things get in there that are not meant to be in there. 2015, um, the word for that year, that was just for us moving back. You have only begun to see all that Yahweh has prepared for those who love him and are called by his name. And then 2016, I already read that was the reset back into correct positioning. 2017, the more distractions that are eliminated and the more focus given to movement and growth, the greater the successes will be. What I hear when I see that, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. We've heard that so much from him. He warned us to not allow us to get distracted and to go, you know, lend our hearts to places it's not supposed to be, but to consecrate ourselves only to him and let whatever flows out of that be what we need. You know, we're we're worried we might miss something. Oh, we might not know that there's a gas shortage and we might miss out on getting gas or we might, this is how I feel. (laughs) What if I miss it? You know, what if I don't know these things and because I'm not in that world and not um, doing it. And you know, he said, don't worry, I'll send somebody to tell you. When I, don't look, when I don't look at this stuff every day, and I have no idea. I don't know there was a hack or this or that anymore. It used to be I'd be the first one, and I'd be telling everybody, get your guess. But I don't know that, and I was so worried. Like, what if I, what if I don't know the things I need to prepare myself? Don't worry, I'll send somebody to tell you. And don't worry, if I don't send somebody to tell you, I'll let you know before anybody else. Before anybody else knows the news, I will tell you. He teaches us wisdom in our mother's womb. To think that he can't teach us wisdom today without outside influences teaching us. You know, I mean, really, let's, let's remember what he promised us. Let's remember the way he teaches us. He's, he won't let us, he won't let us die, you know, die and waste away. We are his children. He loves us. We are the prize that he paid everything for. You know, trust him that he loves us that much. Trust him that he will protect us and trust him that he will provide for us. We won't miss out. We won't be the ones, you know, without gas. And if you don't have gas for a little bit, maybe it's because he wanted to keep you home for a minute and just be with you. You know, don't look at it as I'm going to miss out on anything. We are led by him in every step of the way. There There is intention. He has an intention for us in that time. If we acknowledge him in all our ways, he will come through for us an important key for success for 2017 is to close the door on the former and familiar things. You know, that's what my note says on old mindsets. You know, it is Yeshua knocking. Will we get distracted by old mindsets, goals, identity, life, or will we or will we open and embrace him? Another thing that, like, has been just speaking to me is this name change with Joseph. You know, if anybody has a hard time with the name Joseph, it would be those closest to him that have to say it all the time and that have known him for you know years and years. And, and I just, it's like I would say Joseph and it would be like this hard thing because it was like, hey babe, you know, I didn't even, I, it was just weird. And then I was reminded of my sister changed her name when she went off to college. She's Alexandra. But she always went by Ola, which is a Polish nickname. And she was like, you know, I just don't want to go by a nickname anymore. I'm going off to college. Like, nobody, you know, knows me. I'm just going to go by my birth name, by what's on there. And I was like almost mad. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't even want to call you (laughs) Alexandra. That's weird. And I just, it was hard for me because this is how I've always known you. And it's old habits are hard to break. And so I would just, like, kind of get annoyed. But nowadays, I don't think anything of it. I'm like, yeah, this is my sister Alexandra. Like, I don't think anything of it. And so he reminded me of that. Like, just keep walking in it. But I also was thinking about, like, in the Bible, how Yahweh gives words to people. And so many times, those words, people, they don't do them. They just, they are too used to the familiar. And they just, like, one of the things I was looking um let me see if I can find it real quick. I think it's right here. I was trying to find examples that I knew, but just specific. Um, Israel refuses to enter the promised land. Deuteronomy one nineteen. In the wilderness, this is just paraphrasing somebody. You know, it's not the Bible. I mean, it is, but you know. In the wilderness, the people's fear leads them to failure to trust God. As a result, they rebel for God's plan for them to enter the land he promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God had brought Israel out of slavery in Egypt, given the law, and brought people swiftly to the borders of the promised land. According to the book of Numbers, God asks Moses to send out spies to survey the land he is giving to the Israelites, and Moses obeys. But other Israelites use this reconnaissance mission as a chance to disobey God. They ask Moses to send out spies so that they can stall the military action that God commanded. Basically, they don't trust that Yahweh's plan is better than their own. They think that their plan is better and they try to circumnavigate what he's doing. And so, even that in itself, like, speaks to what he was speaking to me about all of that. And so but there's so many, there's so many things in the Bible that are like something simple. Like Yahweh says, do this. And it's like people just in their habits, they just can't do it. And I was like, I don't want to be one of those people. Yahweh help me. I know this is a word to this house. I know this is a word to him. I know that with the word and the nature mixing together is key for leverage. I know that. And I know that the anointing of Joseph and the, and the, you know, prosperity during time of famine. I know that that's all stuff you have for me. Why can't I fully embrace this word why can't I fully you know just if you say something father and I know it's you why can't I just go all in why is my human nature so easy to you know just want to stay back here and so I asked him to help me and I'm telling you since that time it has been so much easier to accept that Joseph anointing to accept the name Joseph and all of that and so that's that's um the familiar things close the door to the familiar things in this in this what Ellen said and that was his name. That was part of what uh, brought me to attention. Also, this is a year of great promise, but there are requirements on our part if we are to see the full measure of his reward and blessing. What comes out to me, Yahweh is a transactional God. He said it at least a few weeks. Not that his love is transactional. His love is with you no matter what. But as far as, as, far as the things that he has for you, it's transactional. You give him this and he will and he will pave a way for you in this, you know? And we have to look to that. We have to choose him. Like Jeffrey said, David said, huh, I need to ask him about that for you too. Um, but we have to choose him. We have to make those choices and and, and be in the position in our heart that we are always open so that, so that he can come in and help us. We have to continually give our hearts to him, all of our heart, and say, guide me. I give you my heart. I don't hide it from you. And when you tell me to do something, I will do that, and then that will make way for him to, to give what he wants us to have. And then there was the Isaiah 60. Um, there was also a really great, she quoted Isaiah sixty nineteen through 22. Amazing. Um, and that was in here, you know, just so pertinent to what we have. And this is just one other thing that just, like, spoke to me in where um, where I want our family to be. Like, where I want, um, how I want our kids to grow up. Um, and then I have one other thing after that, and I'll be done. But um, she wrote, this was her testimony. And it was about possessing your land. And it was about her daddy and how he came to the church and all that kind of stuff. And um she just put this in there just so we have a record of our, where we came from and how our story relates. And so it says, I grew up walking distance of this church. One day my daddy was working on the roof of the house where we lived um, and, a pas- and a pastor named Brother, is it Rayleigh? Okay. Brother Rayleigh came to invite daddy to church. The story goes that Brother Rayleigh climbed up on the roof that day and led daddy in the sinner's prayer. And this is what it says. It says, And that began our tribe's journey. And I just think, wow, like how many years ago was this? I don't even know. And now it's all, you know, we didn't say tribe back then. I don't know if we ever said it before a couple years ago or a year ago, you know. Um, I was four years old at the time. And the next Sunday after my daddy's rooftop conversion, he and I went to church, this church right here. But in those days, it was called Dorigo Park Assembly of God. And we went to church every time the doors were open. And back then, they were opened a lot more than they were, okay, and, and back then, and back then they were opened a lot more than they are today. And I just, I read that and I was like, wow, what that kind of a heart paved way for. The heart to be here because he honored so much the life that was being brought inside of him that was waking up, in, waking up inside of him that he knew the value to be here. And if the doors were going to be open, he was going to be here, whatever it was. And, and she told me about how much they used to come to church and it was, you know, Sunday morning prayer and then Sunday morning, Sunday night, church, choir practice, other stuff I don't remember. And so much. It was, it was almost every night of the week they were here. And um, I, sh- I showed her this, um, I, or I read it to her, and she said, You know, it was never a burden to us. It was never a burden to us. It always made, it was such life there that my kids didn't want it any other way. One time they were on vacation and kids' camp was starting in Birmingham. They literally drove through the night because the kids didn't want to miss one day of kids' camp. They didn't want to miss what was happening. They had such a, such a honor and a, and a longing to be surrounded by people of Yahweh and be, be there together and what Yahweh was doing. And I just think about how it's paved way for today, for us, our family. And I just thought when I read that, I was like, you know, obviously we're in this place, you know, so we're going to be here when the door is open, but it's more than just being here. I want that that our hearts are here, you know, and they have been, but just to always remember and to put that at the forefront of our kids so that they understand that it's not just that we're coming here. This is a personal word. Not that just that we're coming here because this is our job, but because we so honor and respect that Yahweh is here and that he, his people are here and, and that we, he's guiding us. And, um, so anyway, so all these words, I think there's one more. Your only limitations are in the fact that when you are trying diligently to clear a path, you may missing the pl- path that I have opened up for you. That was the last thing I was going to read. But all of these words, so it just means, you know, rest. Look to him. Don't try to make do things your own way. Don't try to create your own path and diligently just work work towards your own path. Let him lead you. Let him open up those paths for you. But all of these things to say, we have a God that truly cares. He gave us these words. He, wrote, he made Ellen write them, and I'm so thankful that Ellen wrote these down, you know, and even when she gave it to us, you know, I, I, it's like it opened up like later, you know, the fullness of everything, and I'm sure there's even more, but we have such a God that cares for us, and that was so diligent to show us that he's speaking to us. He knew all these things that he's speaking to us today. He knew them back then, and we are on the right path. He is in this place, and I believe that there's, what this speaks to me is another level of trust in him that he is leading us and also a level of trust being in this house with the Oracle, that it's not just random words that he thinks up to say during the week and, and at night when he's preparing, he's not, that's the last thing he would want to do anyway, but he, you know, he allows Holy Spirit to guide him. And these words are from the throne room spoken through him for us. And if we take hold of what's being said, if we allow these words, I think I did have one thing, if we allow these words to get in us, to truly root so that we can quote Isaiah sixty, so we can quote his promises. So that when we hear a new, a, you know, a bad news, or when we hear something that instills fear, you know, we're instantly not moving by it. We're moving. We're not shaken by it. We're not moved by it because we know his promises. We're so firmly planted in his promises, and also who he is, and who we are in him. We're his children. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to throw us to the wolves. He's got us. And if the, we we take hold of what Joseph speaks to us and that we move together in that as a tribe and we take it to our secret place and we allow Yahweh to show us deeper ways of how he's showing that to us, what he has in store for us in this place. Let us not get just thinking that it's just every day that we just come here and it's just church. This is powerful. This is real life that he's offering to us. He is knocking. He wants us to open the door and he has been so faithful every step along the way and he's not just gonna you know oh well this was good enough and I'm out he's not I believe he's knocking on all of our hearts I think he's we've all felt it you know in all these years we know we know that he's he's just he's asking for us to come closer to him He's asking every day. And, and if you don't feel it, just do those simple things. Yahweh, you are beautiful. Look at his creation. Don't get distracted by the ugliness. Sometimes there are still, there's still beauty all around us. Don't look to the negative, look to the positive. And just tell him, you are beautiful, Father. You are, and I love you. And, and I look to you, and I give you my whole heart. That's what he's after, a whole heart. Please, Father, let us. Let me not hide anything from you. Let me walk always, all the days of my life with you. Let me acknowledge you in everything that I see, everything that you give my way. And even if you don't feel it when you say that, I promise you he will open the door wider and wider into your heart. And he will make way for your life in a better way than you think you can. Don't be like Eve. Don't try, to, don't try to do it on your own. Don't. He's, his way is always better than our way. Always. And he will guide us along the path and give us so much more than our hearts could ever have known or seen or done on our own. So thank you guys for listening.
1: What do I need to say? (laughs) (laughs) For real, I I, I want, I, I, I told you, I'm learning to put a period on moments of gathering where Holy Spirit put a period on them, and there's nothing more edifying than what she just said right there. There's three areas that I believe that every believer should do with the Word of God. I think number one is what she did this morning is rehearse the Word. Rehearse the Word He's given to you. Some of the most life-changing revelations come from prophetic seeds that were spoken a long time ago. And you go back and you look and say, that word is a light unto my path. Number two, we should be reading the word. Not some religious, like we just need to be able to quote scripture, but literally allow the words, the accounts that are so otherworldly than what we see in front of us every day. We'll look at Facebook media stuff. We'll look at the news and we'll read articles over and over and produce a glorified form of hate. But we won't read the inspired words of God that are called the, live, it's called the living word for a reason. Meaning just because you read that scripture 10 years ago, you can read it new again today. And we need to be reading the word of God. And finally, we always need to be hearing a fresh word of God. We need to always be setting our hearts in relationship with the Father. What are you speaking over my life? What are you speaking over my kid's life? What are you speaking over this tribe's life today? Before we were ever consumers, that this world made us consumers, we were gardeners. The word comes in seed form, and it's our. Opportunity. He's responsible for the seed. We're responsible for the soil. It's our opportunity to step into a rehearsal of this word and to tend and keep the garden that he's given us. So, Father, I just ask for that grace this morning, this week. I just ask that I speak that over this tribe, that we're going to enter into a hunger and a fire and a desire to rehearse and go back to what you've been speaking to us. Not just looking for a new word, but looking to fulfill the words and grow the seeds you've given us us through praying continually, through rejoicing always, through every single circumstance giving thanks unto you, Father, that we tend that soil. And I ask that you just give us a new hunger for the Bible, that we're able to just start to not just just read to read, but read in an inspired way that leads us into a greater relationship with you to hear your now word, Father. We speak that over the kids, that our hunger and our desire, our fire is going to pave the way for them, and they're not just going have to rekindle it every single time they have a youth camp but they're going to be on fire every single day because we choose to be on fire every single day i speak that over this tribe i speak health and prosperity and wholeness over them and over their families we declare this in the name of yeshua in the nature of yeshua father amen y'all be blessed this week i love you so much
0: thank you for listening for more information on the rock of bay county please go to therockofbc.org.